what has passed and what will be, there's no time like present. So, for all of those with mild, there is. Do we have a moment of your time? You want to gain some perspective? Do we have a piece of your mind? What's going on, beautiful people? What's going on, Brian, Hector? Last week of last week of Black History Month, man. Last yeah. week. Man, and uh, yep. you know, February's been a, uh, it hasn't been a, a bad month, man. I mean, you know, cold, cold as, as expected. <laughs> yeah. But it hasn't been a bad month, man. You know what? Exciting, exciting today, man. I end up, uh, end up going like to look for a car with my son today. And he ended up finding something that he, uh, he was, in, you know, he was interested in. It seemed like it drive well and everything like that. So we picked it up. We picked it up, man. So, you know, that's, that's kind of exciting, man. It, it, for me, it's exciting. You know what I mean? It's a, it's a step oh, yeah. in independence. It's a, and you know, he purchased it. He, he saved up his own money and purchased, purchased it with his own money, man. You know what I mean? That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it's, it's, it's so, it's like, it's scary, right? It's scary because it's like, yo, pretty soon this dude's going to have the freedom to just grab the keys and just, you know, step out the door and and take off. Like, so it's a scary thought, you know? But at the same time, it's like, yo, it's the reason why I've been taking them driving. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's the reason why I've been, uh, like, really, like, take, taking time out of my day and... and Pouring into them and you know overseeing them at at, at um to that, you know to that point because yo they're about to be at an age where I can't oversee them no more so now to me it's like I, they're at an age where I gotta watch, be able to like watch them from you know kind of like just watch them you know sit back and watch them because mm-hmm. after a while it's like yo they're just gonna be off on on their own and I'm just gonna have to hear about it from somebody else you know what I mean if not them themselves you know so right. you know exciting times man you know also scary man you know what. I'll, I think I'm more excited than anything, man. And... I, yeah, I can agree with that, bro. Like, that's a that's a big milestone, bro, as a parent, you know, because we know it's inevitable. It's coming, you know, when they grow up. But growing up comes with, you know, with all sorts of different labels and titles and looks, man, because growing up could be, you know, hey, you're you're brushing your teeth without me telling you. Or growing up could look like, hey, we're not turning the nightlights on no more, you know. Yeah. Growing up for you, bro, is you got a young man in a vehicle on the road, you know? Yeah, <laughs> so, man. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's a cool thing, Frank. Like, I, I love that, man. And I love that you uh, you said that you took all the time out of your day to do that because you knew it was coming, so you were preparing him for it. Yeah. But not only him, yourself, man, because you know you taught him how to drive, so you trust what you taught him so that he can go out there and be safe, you know? Um, and that'll give you a little bit of, you know, More peace at night when it, oh, yeah. you know, <laughs> like, cause I know that that time is coming for me in a couple of years, man. And I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a little nervous. I won't lie about it, man. But <laughs> at the same time, I welcome it, you know, cause it's, it's coming whether I like to, whether I like it to or not, it, it's going to come. And so I'd rather be prepared for it. Yeah, man. A little bit over a decade to go before yeah. <laughs> I have to worry about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, my little nephew you ain't making big steps too, man. You know, the other day you surprised me, man. I, I have, I have went to the bathroom behind him and found evidence that he went to the bathroom by himself. He ain't come look for nobody or nothing. 
Hey, that's it. You see, growing up looks different, man. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. Put it down to see yourself, man. Yeah. 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 Get it back and go wash our hands, bro. Wash your hands, let's go. Come back here. It's a process we got to follow here, man. Yeah, that's all it is, man. <laughs> let, them, let them explore, but give them a little guidance along the way, you know? Yeah, that's man. cool, man. I love that shit, bro. I, I remember like um, teaching Aiden how to you know, use the bathroom by himself, man. And it was fun, bro, because, like, he knew it was a big kid thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, he knew, yeah. like, oh, I could do this by myself, really? And, like, we made it, you know, we made fun out of it. So we we tossed a little Cheerio into the toilet and made it into a game, you know, for him to, yeah. to really kind of, uh, like, feel like he could do that, man. And it was, it was so fun, man, watching him just feel confident, you know, feel like he can do that for himself. Don't have to tell nobody. And then when he's done, He'll come and tell me I just used the bathroom, and he's like so happy. It is. <laughs> it's like what? Like you did that by yourself, dude? Like it's cool. Like, growing growing up is dope. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah, yo, it's. You know, I'm gonna go. Go ahead, go ahead. Oh no! I mean, since we are uh, since we on the topic, bro, I was just gonna go back to when I was potty training my boys, man, and my my mm. old, the younger of the two, Dylan, was a little bit. Like, I don't know. I, I think he just liked to move too much. He didn't really want to sit still and learn. But for him, I actually started, like, this whole incentive thing. Like, you know what I mean? Every time you go to the potty, pee, pee or poop, you get a, you get one of them, like, them tattoos. You remember them tattoos? Oh, uh, yeah. He's yep. to put it on. And he loved that, bro. He loved that. <laughs> man. So that that's when, like, potty training for him ended up, like, turning into a quick thing. You know what I mean? But yeah. Yo, yeah, you know, honestly, man, them times when they're small, yo, those are the times like you gotta enjoy it because the older they get, the less attention they give you. Honestly, you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. Pretty soon they're gonna stop looking to you for anything. Like you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. We we hope. <laughs> we, we hope. <laughs> we hope. You know what I mean. Pretty soon they stop. They they stop looking for you less. You know what I mean. And yeah. like yo. You just really, you really do have to enjoy the time while it's there, like you know what I mean. Because you know, thinking, thinking like, yo, there's always later. I, you know, I gotta, I'm gonna build this up right now, and you know, I, I'll make up the time later. Like that junk, that junk ain't. You know, I mean, I, I read in a book. I can't remember which, which book it was. Maybe it was the one thing, but he was like saying, like, do you think like uh, a party with a five-year-old is, is the same as, like, partying with a 15-year-old. Like, you missed the fifth birthday. You think, you know, by the 15th birthday, you, you could party with him the same way as when he was five? Like, you mm. know what I mean? No. No. <laughs> so. No, that's true. I'm I'm experiencing that right now as we speak, man. Like, um, you know, Kate and I have we're having a really cool conversation, bro. She put it in a way that made a whole hell of a lot of sense, bro. Like, you know, little kids, anywhere from like, you know, when they start to develop some consciousness, you know, and some awareness to about 11 or so, that's a kid. You know, and when they get to 12, that preteen stage up to about 17, 18, that's a teenager. And then beyond is an adult. We know that. But teenagers specifically have it hard, man, because they are still in that stage where they kind of want to be a kid, but they, they kind of want to be an adult, too but they're teenagers. So you have to talk to them as if you're talking to all three of those stages in life. You know, you have to know which one to navigate. The teenager knows it all. 
the adult part of them is is humble enough to learn. The kid needs to be guided 100%. And so there are going to be a lot of opportunities where you know which one you're talking to if you're really paying attention. And it it was cool because like my son is in that stage where he still wants to be a kid because he'll let his room get a little messy. You know, sometimes he'll stay up really late and have to wake up really early and suffer the consequence. But then there's other times I see him being responsible and, sh- and being on time, being prompt and cordial, you know, and then there's times he's a teenager. Oh, I don't care. I know. I know. I'm good. Like, you know what I mean? So like it, there's a, a real delicate balance between that, man. And it's, you know, it, it reminded me that, you know, just because I grew up and I'm an adult now, you know, all the problems that I have, you know, they're, they're problems for an adult because I've, I've grown up. But the problems that he has should never be minimized, should never be dismissed because they're real problems for him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. first time experiencing it. First time experiencing it, right. So it's just like, you know, it's a good way to kind of take a step back and realize like, damn, yeah, I remember a situation similar to that when I was a kid. How did I handle that? How did I wish it got handled? Who was around to help me out? And so I learned, bro, like, yeah, just being patient with that, man, is, is is so critical. Uh, for you know for a teenage kid especially but even like brian you got a little guy man like you have to be patient with him this is his first time so just because he doesn't get it right you can't you can't show any other emotion other than encouragement and happiness because they feed off of that you know what i'm saying and so it's just it's so delicate man but like i said kate and i were having that conversation bro and this yeah i really realized like man i'm i'm in the middle of that right now with my kid and like having having the opportunity to see him grow up, man, is is it's a blessing, bro. It's a gift, man. Yo, you know, you know what, heck, man. I, I wanna uh, this is behind the topic, man. Um, I wanna like use this opportunity to, to like uh, talk about a, a like a, a difficult situation. I, I guess I'm kind of currently still in a bit, a bit with my like with my son's mother and his and his grandmother. Like, you know what I mean? And I, I'm not, I don't not. And I don't knock away any household love, but love can be like uh, not debilitating. Debilitating the word I'm looking for. It can be stifling sometimes. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. where I'm, I'm you know taking the steps to like make sure he learns how to drive. And this is, I guess it's gonna get a little personal. I'm gonna let y'all in a little bit, but I'm taking the steps to you know get him to learning how to drive and stuff like that. It's like. You know, his. I understand the, the, that he's in between being a child and an adult, but I also understand the only direction from here is towards adulthood. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Yep. I know what it's like to be a dependent. I've been a dependent. You know what I mean? And I'm still a little more dependent than I I, I would like to be. You know what I'm saying? So. Knowing this is like, yo, I want to make sure my kids avoid this, this, this roadblock, this obstacle. You know what I mean? I want, him to, I don't want them to feel like, yo, somebody's always gonna be here. It, yo, somebody should always be there to help you, but don't expect it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Offer help when you absolutely need it. You know what I mean? Me and you got two working. Again, I'm, I'm all about you know teaching a man to fish, not giving them a fish. You know that that includes my own boys. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, These guys are moving oh, yeah. towards manhood, so I need them. I need them to learn how to fish, man. You know what I'm yeah. saying? If I'm out here doing all the fishing for them and still feeding feeding them myself, like I'm still putting out the work, so we can split one fish among three people. 
But if all three of us go work, yo, we can all have our own fish. You know what I'm saying? So I'm I'm like really heavy on the on the like when it's decision making time, letting them be a young adult. Like, and that doesn't mean like giving yeah. them too much leeway, but that's, that doesn't that doesn't mean bottling them up, bottling them up neither. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because I feel like every time I've had uh uh, can I say it? every time we had, I had friction with his mom and his grandmother about uh, like uh, I don't know, just a, a, some kind of decision. Their their re- their response is, "Yo, he's still a kid. He's still a kid." You know what I mean? Where my response is, "No, he's a young adult, and you know you need to stop like treating him as he's easy to kid." And I w- I honestly wish. You know, instead of us being combatant, we were on one accord because it it makes it a little easier for the child to understand like yo, there's one direction. But when y'all like when you're giving him options and you want to treat him like a kid over here on this, but then you know, then again he's he's confused. So I I see my son in back and forth like where like yo, can you come pick me up? Like when he when he could get home by himself, right? And they'll they'll, they'll rush to wherever he is. And no, I don't not give my son a ride because he, you know I don't want to give him a ride. But bro, if you don't, if you if you if you don't have to make me go out my way, don't make me go out my way, right? That's one of the things I've been trying to teach him. They they want to still come pick him up whenever. So he utilizes that resources. That's that's him being treated like a kid. I can get around for myself, but I'm gonna just have somebody come pick me up. To me, that's 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 choosing to be a kid. You get what I'm saying? Whereas opposed to like. You let him get there on his own. You see that he makes it home by himself. You see that he got there by taxi, bus, cab, Uber, however. You get what I'm saying? You see, he said he said to you, I was leaving my dad's house. And he said that 20 minutes ago, 20 minutes he walked in the door. These are the things we we're supposed to be monitoring that. Like, yo, he's a man that he's gonna he does what he says he's gonna do. I let him walk out the door by himself and he got home by himself. You know what I mean? So you give them less options to be a child. You get what I'm saying? And act act more responsibly like an adult. You know, or make choices like an adult. Save your own money. You know what I mean? Put away for your car. You know what I mean? The only thing that happens is you're going to appreciate that car a yeah. little more than if somebody gave it to him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's just how it goes. My, my my younger son ain't stopped breaking TVs until I made him buy the last one. And that TV's still hanging up on his wall. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. I, I yo, do it. parents, yeah, if y'all could get on parents, if we could get on one accord with these children, like, you know what I mean? Really, like, y'all really discuss, like, yo, what is the direction? What is the path? How are we going to come to conclusions and for, 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 for these problems? Because, yo, they're supposed to be at an age where you give them a little leeway. You tell them nine o'clock, yo, you can go out, but make sure you're back in the door at nine o'clock. That's, that's their opportunity for them to gain trust. And, and you know, you, you know, and, and stuff like that. So that way, when they get their car and they're ready to go drive, and they say, "Yo, mom, I'm gonna go. I'll be back by 10. Okay, all right. I, you, I know you you usually be a young man of your word. You can go out, man. Make sure you're back here by 10. Cause yo, it's only one direction from here. It, I, I like to make it make it clear, like young man, listen. Yes, you you could be. You do never lose never lose your inner child, but physically. You're moving in one direction. Matter, matter of fact, no, not even just physically. Mentally, you're moving in the same direction. You should be moving in the same direction, too. Growing mentally, growing spiritually, growing growing physically. You know what I mean? But 
we we have to be on one accord with it. Like, you know what I'm saying? You can't, you know, I don't know. You can't be one way about him and treat him like a kid. But then in another way, you want him to be an adult. It just doesn't work. It confuses the mind more. You know what I'm saying? Right. Right. No, I, I like that, bro. I uh, I can get behind that because, I mean, yeah, from birth, man, you know, you hear it all the time. Oh, he's going to, you know, 18 years, going to blink like that. That's going to be a man or, you know, this and that. And it's true. Like, you know, that's that's what we're supposed to do is in that time frame that we have them, yeah. we have to set them up and prepare them. Because, you know, when you think about, you know, the sands of time, bro, there's only but a few speckles of that where you're a child. You know what I'm saying? A lot of that shit is spent as an adult. So are you going to be a healthy adult uh, at, you know, right, right when you leave the nest? Are you going to be a shitty adult having a hard time figuring it out until you're in your 30s? And then, you know, there's your prime gone. Like, you know what I'm saying? So, like, it's our job as a parent, as parents to, to do that. And so when you say friction with your, you know, your significant or not necessarily the significant other, but your parent, the, the other parent. Start yeah, I, yeah, no, right, right. <laughs> Woo. right. Let me correct. I'll stay corrected. Not significant other, all right? The other parent. <laughs> Listen, I, I have friction with my other parent too. And it's not that I want it, um, but our history has uh, been allowed to be a little thicker than the need to take care of our child. And that shit sucks, man, because, you know, the only one that suffers is the kid. You know, they're in the middle of that shit. Yeah. And so dad is saying one thing, mom is saying another. Kids like, okay, well, who's right? Well, it should never be a matter of who's right. None of that is relevant because we're supposed to be a team. You know, if the kid was conceived in a plan together, then the kid should be taken care of in a plan together. So all the extra shit shouldn't fucking matter. But some people get, you know, a little extra, and you know, you know how that goes, man. It's it's tough, man. When when you have a parent you don't agree with, when you have a parent you you look at and it's you guys are fighting on site kind of shit. You know what I mean? Like it sucks, dude. It, it makes it real hard to to parent together, to co-parent. And I will tell you, man, yo, if you have a parent that has any ounce of intelligence, man, communicate and talk. Don't don't allow the government, don't allow the court system to get in your business. It's not necessary. Take take care of that kid, man. And and understand and really research the word compromise because you have to do that every now and then. And compromise doesn't mean they get all of what they want or you get nothing at all kind of shit. Compromise is something right in the middle, the sweetest it can be. And that's that because the kid is the only fucking priority. And I'm talking from a mode of passion right now, man, because I'm in the middle of that shit right now. And it, you know, it's heavy, bro. It's a, that's a heavy weight. And it's a weight I don't want to carry. I don't want that weight on my shoulders. But I have to, unfortunately, because I can't co-parent with the other parent. And so, you know, getting getting a, myself to a, a point in life where co-parenting could be a thing. Well, I mean, that, that window is closing because my son is going to be 15 this summer. You know what I mean? And then after that, it's, it is what it is. But for all those parents that have got young ones and you guys aren't community, y'all get rid of the friction. Get over your ego. Get over yourself. You know what I'm saying? And work together, man. Set up a plan for that kid. Because if you raise a shitty adult, then you're a shitty adult yourself. And I'm, I'm going to leave it at that, man. You know what I mean? I'm like but. on the other end of the spectrum. <laughs> I'm like completely frictionless. 
uh, which you know it's, it's a blessing. But you know, it's same in the same vein, though, I kind of wish I did have like a co-parent, even if some if someone that I do like mm. disagree with from time to time, because I'm not going to be right a hundred percent of the time, and I don't want my son to have only just one perspective, mm. right? So like. You know, I, I'm going to do my best to, to raise them the best I can, but it, it would be nice to have that partner or, you know, that other parent to, to give their two cents, right? And say, hey, Brian, you know, I don't think this is right. Or, you know, oh, I think you were a little harsh right there. Or, you know, maybe you're being too lenient right now. Uh, I think we should approach it this way, you know? So just having that someone to, to help balance me out, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't want him to have 100% Brian and, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> so everything, you know. So, um, so, you know, I do wish I did have, you know, a little bit of an opposing force. Not too much of an opposing force, but, you know, someone that that he can look at as that other parent figure that mm-hmm. he can get advice from or someone that I could bounce off of say, hey, you know, you know, this is what's concerning me or, you know, this is what I think about this or, you know, you know, it, it would be nice to, to have that. You know, I don't want to just go, you know, project all of my thoughts and feelings and attitudes onto him, you know, without having some some other perspectives that he can grab from, you know, uh, other influences, should I say. Mm-hmm. You know, because like the number one influencers in a child's life are their parents. So, you know, he's getting like all one. <laughs> so I'm doing the oh, best I'll be right there. man. Yeah, yeah, I'm doing the best to give him, you know, all of the best of me <laughs> and yeah. like none of the worst of me. <laughs> none of the worst. Yeah. And you've got to be extra diligent with that duty, bro. Because, yeah, you're mm-hmm. right. Yeah, that's a good point, Brian. You don't you don't have that that friction, as we say. Um Yo, and that, yeah, that creates, a, you know, a, it tips the scale and more in your favor, which is a good thing because you're mindful. You're, you're intelligent enough to know that, okay, now this is up to me. I can't give him any of the bad things. So you've got to kind of take a step back and be your own critic in that sense. Um, but the good thing is, too, you have your own mom and dad to, to example from, you know. You have your brother who's living it right now you can example from. And I'm sure you've got friends that may have young ones, too. And so, you know, pulling, pulling those resources, man, like that, that's so important, but having another parent is a good thing. And not only that, man, you know, a mom and a dad, like that, listen, everything you can learn from a woman is important. Everything you can learn from a man is important. You know what I'm saying? So when you bless a child with both of those perspectives, yeah, you got a chance to raise someone that's going to do some good. You know what I'm saying? You give them a better chance to be well-equipped to handle this world we're living in. Things are changing so fucking quick, man. New studies, new research, new this, new that. Like, yeah. it's cool to have, yeah, some someone else kind of chime in and you're right. Yeah, hey, that was harsh, man. And then you can analyze and kind of prepare yourself going into next time because you might not analyze it until next time is already here. And then you're like, shit, how do I handle this? Well, you didn't give yourself enough time to prepare. And you know what I'm saying with, the other with another party involved you know you have that opportunity a little bit sooner kind of thing so that's a good point bro it's kind of it is actually pretty cool that we we get like this this middle perspective right here from brian because 
Ryan's like a rare case. Like, I can tell you, I'm I feel completely opposite of Brian. Okay, like if I could have my boys and they mom walked away, like, like hey, bye. Okay, we got this. We straight. All right. I know y'all. Y'all gonna give me that much of a headache. Just just go. Okay. Right. But right. I mean, you know what though? They 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 say human nature. Yo. We want what we can't have. You know what I'm saying? You know, I unfortunately, yeah. like, oh, no, sorry. Fortunately, my boys had me and their their, their mother bro- broken yeah. family as it is. They have both. Ones, you know what I mean? But yeah. you know, in my head, it would be it was pretty pretty fortunate too. <laughs> if I only if it was only me. You know what I'm saying? I'll tell you. I, <laughs> I felt at a point, man, but you know, you. <laughs> parenting is not yeah. easy, bro. Nah, definitely not. So yeah, just again, any parents out there, you know, whether you're a single parent, whether you're a parent involved with the other, or you got a broken home, whatever the case may be, man, just you know, sit the ego down, man, and just just really try and communicate with yourself too. You know what I'm saying? Think if you did something, think on what you thought on, like what you did. Don't don't just assume. Oh yeah, I did the best thing I could. No, man, really analyze that shit. I find myself doing that every day. You know, and I, I'm a parent, man, and I've been a parent for many years, and I still find myself having to hype myself up in the mirror, like, yo, I'm gonna say this, you know what I'm saying? I'm gonna prepare myself. I'm gonna, I got the whole speech down. This is how I'm gonna drop. Yeah, you're the only one, bro. I'm about to tell my kids sometimes too, bro. Yeah, I'd be sitting there preparing it, saying it out loud, and thinking, oh, okay, if I say this, he's gonna say this back, so I'm gonna respond this way. You know, like I really go through those motions, man. Because I'm dealing with a human being. I'm really dealing with an individual. I'm dealing with someone that's got the best parts of me. And I'm hoping the best parts of the other parent. And so I have to talk to him in that regard. Like he is always able to be improved upon. You know what I'm saying? And I have to make sure that he stays willing. So yeah, I, I have those dialogues in my head, man, where I want him to be great, man. I don't, I don't want to be in my 40s and 50s always concerned with my son. No. I, I want to wait for him to call me and be like, well, guess what, dad? And I'll be like, what up, bro? Like, what's going Like, you know, I'm looking forward to that, not the negative. And I know negatives are coming. That's inevitable. But I want him to be equipped to handle them, too, you know? Now, you know what, heck, man? I actually spent the day with one of my uh, my little cousins um, recently. Um, yeah, yeah, man. He actually he ended up spending the whole day with me, right? And we were hanging out. And this is... Uh, um, uh, um, a young man where like by the end of the day, we, we was good all day up until his mom came here. You know how kids like to show out a little bit when their mom oh, yeah. around, right? And then I end up basically having to like reprimand him for it. And he got like he got so upset. That, like this kids like stru- kids crave tr- structure. That's the thing. People don't understand. Mm-hmm. Kids they crave structure. They 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 act all crazy. They test you. They want to see yeah. how far they gonna go. They're gonna poke you in your forehead if you don't you know what I mean? If you don't tell them to stop, they're going to keep doing it. That's kids. Yep. You know what I mean? That's how we learn. That's how we test the waters. But they, they do crave structure. And, and my little cousin was like, he, he was basically not listening. I had to reprimand him. He got upset. Then I then I seen him behaving in a way even further when they was about to pull off in the car. And I went back in there and I reprimanded him again. And, um, you know, I just told him, like, yo, that's not how a young man is supposed to act. You know what I mean? Because I, I believe... Young man, you, you, bro, don't be throwing nothing at your mom. Don't be hitting your mom. Like, you ain't doing nothing, but you're going to become more powerful. So you need to be 
watching yourself from now. That's how I feel. You know what I mean? That's why you got to, like, when they throw in their little tantrums, they swing at, yo, you're supposed to reprimand them. You're supposed to correct them. You know what I'm saying? I, I feel like I've seen, uh, you know, I've heard too many stories about, like, uh, parents, they raise their kids to a certain point, you know, spoil the hell out of them. You know, there's a lot of us spoiled out here, but to a, to a different extent. You know what I'm saying? Then, then they hit uh, 18, 20, you know, they, they just let these young men out into the world. And they, they know, like, these kids aren't fully, like, like, I don't know. They just let them off into the world. And they know their, their kid is problematic. But they, they then they just develop this attitude where, like, you know, I raised the best I can. Like, you know, he's somebody else's problem. Then they, you know, then it ain't mm-hmm. nothing until the cops knocking on your door looking for your son. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yo, you, you we have mm. to do the correcting now. You know what I'm saying? You think you think when they hit 18, the problem, you know, that's somebody else's problem, or or you know, you ain't gonna have no problems no more. But yo, the possibility still lies. Like yo, they'll come. The cops, they can't find. They, your son does something. They can't do something. And the cops looking for him. They can't find him. Who else you think they coming back? They coming to mama house. You know what I'm saying? They coming to papa house. Like yeah. Oh, that's yo. Strong. The kids must be like, you know what I mean? They must understand certain things, you know what I mean? It's our job, it's our job as parents to get them to understand it. It don't always have to be by unnecessary force or nothing like that, but we have to get them to understand. Like, yo, we live, we live among other people. You have to respect other people. You know what I'm saying? We out there. You know what I'm saying? You, you know, you can't go around causing people to harm, be it physical, be it mental, be it, you know. Be harm from the heart. Like, you know what I'm saying? You don't want to keep on... We're young. We break hearts when you're young. You know what I'm saying? But it's not It's not a, It's not. not a habit you want to continue to have. To keep, you know, keep up. You know what I'm saying? So you got to raise your... You got to train your kids on these things. You got to try to teach them something. You got to try to put something in them. Like, today. The younger, the better. Yeah. The younger, yeah, the better. Yeah. The, the harder... They, the older they get, the harder it is to get through to them, man. You know how hard... You know, you know how hard it is to get my son off this game and in the, in, the, in, the, in the damn phone. You know, even to go to just just to go to bed. I'm like, yo, bro, man, I'm about to start putting this stuff out in the hallway after a certain time. This is crazy. Right, right. You know what I mean? You going to sleep with the game <laughs> on the TV on the, you know what I mean? Oh, the man. lights on. If the phone's still in your ear, you still on Discord. They talking to you while you sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, they they. <laughs> They too conveniently plugged in, man, and they they unplug themselves from reality sometimes with that shit. So yeah. yeah, it does make it harder, man. If you especially if you don't get the message across early, forget it, forget it. That yeah, and I like what you said earlier, Frank. Other people's problem. You know what I mean? When when you say other people's problem, that means that that person is not accountable, and that's what we are, right? We are we are a podcast account accountability podcast. Yeah, man. We practice it. We preach it. We. We observe it in all the ways we can, um, and we and we learn from it. You know, we we move in that regard. And you know, I I see a lot of people have absolutely failed because look at all the shitty adults running around, right? That's because there was shitty parenting being done. Like that's it starts at home. I'm a firm believer of that. All problems start at home because if you don't have parents talking to your kids about the hard shit the delicate shit, the shit that needs to be taken seriously, like then that kid will never have an understanding of what accountability is. So if they made a mistake, they're going to go on thinking that that wasn't their fault. That's somebody else's problem kind of shit. And with that mindset, yo, we have a a society of broken people, man. People 
unwilling to participate, people unwilling to to become better. And that's a failure that starts at home. You know what I'm saying? Now, not to say that adults are, yeah, obviously an adult is responsible for their own choices. But if you equip your kid with the, the know-how to make the right choices, you won't have a problem. You know what I'm saying? You've, you've got to really drill that into them early. You know, what is okay, what is not okay. And a lot of the shit, yeah, they figure out along the way, man. But ultimately, that, that's an accountability thing, man. Like, if my, my son were to go out and be a complete asshole, well, at this point, you know what? No, I, I, I am trying daily to prevent that because I know how easy it is to make a stupid mistake. And so I'm going to approach everything in the way I can to make him understand, you know, be accountable, be responsible. You know, you first and foremost have to take care of yourself and with anything left over, make an attempt to take care of someone else or everyone else if you can, but you first. And when you have children, focus on those good things, those, those positive growth methods, you know what I'm saying? Educate them, teach them, read to them, like open their minds, let them explore, let them figure out, let them try new things. And that's where I'm at right now, letting my son do all sorts of things to really understand like, okay, when I come into adulthood, man, I got to pick that thing and run with it i gotta be the best version of me kind of shit there there's a lot of ways to go wrong man you know what i'm saying but there are a lot of ways to good to do it right too you got to find that one that works for you and yeah we accountability is a big deal so any any anything you know i stayed up late playing on the on the phone or playing on the computer and i was up in discord and and i got to get up at five o'clock in the morning to go to school well yeah that sucks that's a yeah. natural consequence. You wanted to stay up late and you had to get up early. Tough. But are you going to keep doing it? Are you going to learn from it? You know what I'm saying? So you got to use everything you can as a teaching moment, man, to allow them to grow, to be accountable for real. You know, man, we look all kids once, man. We know, we know that kids, when we were kids, man, we learned from what we heard. We learned from what we mm-hmm. seen, what we seen. You know what I mean? And we learned from what we felt. Right, we learn from what we felt. So I, I want to say, I want to say that to encourage any father. Like, I don't care if the court told you you only get freaking thirty minutes a day. You know what I'm saying? Thirty minutes a, a weekend to go see your kid. Yo, go go have the best thirty minutes with that kid. Yep. Because yep. they remember that. You 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 think it's just a little brief moment in time, but yo, if they if yo if you start seeing this kid every Saturday for the the past five years, this kid's going to say, yo, my dad, I see my dad every Saturday. He ain't mm-hmm. even, even going to be worried about the 30 minutes. I see my dad every Saturday. Nope. Regular stuff. You know what I mean? Like, so I want to I wanna encourage you, even if it's a little bit, if that's all you can give, give it. You know what I mean? Be there. You know? Be there. Because being there is a big part. They see that. They feel that. They, If you're there with love, they're going to feel that love, even if it's there for the 30 minutes. Like, you know what I'm saying? And not only that, if you're never there to show them another way, then the only way they're gonna know is whatever way the, the other parent is the teaching. Parent That's the only way they're gonna know. Even if you yep. give them a little, if, if, if let's say if the other parent teaches a lot of anger, just try, just to keep it simple, if one one parent you have a parent that teaches a lot of anger and you, you speak a lot of happiness, but you don't even go on your kid's life for that half an hour to give them to show them what happiness is. Well then, you know he's gonna be an angry kid, like like the, like his parent. But if you if you're trying to come meet him in the middle, man, maybe he might not be so angry. Maybe you'll be somewhere in the middle. Maybe you'd be a mild mannered kid. Like, you 
know what I'm saying? Right. Just don't right. piss him off. You know? <laughs> oh, that's so, real. That's yo, real. if you can give your child, yo, if they tell you one day, man, go give your child that day, man. Give it to them consistently. Consistency is key. Consistently, yeah. so. Nah, sure. I like it, man. Yeah. And I, I wish, man, I wish I knew all what I know now then. You know what I'm saying? As soon as, as soon as he was able to walk, I would have, man, let's go, dude. Hey, man, don't, don't worry, man. I think, I think, I think the guy from um, Amazon working on the restart button for us right now, man. I heard you was oh, trying to make man. a time machine or something like that. Sheesh. <laughs> <laughs> like, right, send me back. Man, I want to keep on my knowledge, but send me back. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, man. <laughs> That'd be wild, bro. Yeah. Oof. So, you know what, heck, man, let's, let's take this yeah, moment. I'm going right to move on. I'm going to move on, man. This is the last yeah. week of uh, Black History Month. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the last week of Black History Month. And you know what? I did want to share something exciting before we go. Like, you know what I mean? And I wanted to find something out of the uh, out of the ordinary to share, too. And, and Brian and I here, we're both boxing fans. My brother introduced me to, to this, um, this boxing doc- documentary called Murderers. What is it called, Brian? Black Murderers Row. Black Murderers Row, right? And Black Murderers Row is about um basically like a a, a list of boxers that kind of went un unnoticed. So they never like you know they I guess in a sense they kind of didn't make history, but they were great all the same. They were avoided by some of the greats of their time. You know what I'm saying? So um it was a really interesting doc- documentary to um to like uh, listen into. Um, I know Brian got a little more details on some of the stories there, man. Let's see if Brian Brian can get us started with that, right? Yeah, yeah, you know, um it's available for anybody to watch. It's on YouTube. Uh the the name of the channel is Champside. So, you know, anyone who's interested in, in boxing, you know, Champside is one of the best on YouTube. So, you know, check them out. I, I like Champside too. <laughs> Talking like shit, but I like them. <laughs> yeah, you know, he you know, he put a lot of the time and energy into that documentary and he did a, a great job, you know, talking about these guys and like, you know, the footprint that they left on the sport of boxing. You know, and since I'm, you know, an avid boxing fan, like, you know, I definitely wanted to to check it out. And um, you know, Black Murderers Rose, basically there's the eight fighters that were basically like avoided by the champions of their time and um you know, a lot of the top names, like, you know, um, and they all, like, fought each other, like, a total of, like, 72 times, I believe it was. Yeah, so, yeah, like, boxing you know, was oh. a lot different, too. I'm sorry to pause you, but boxing was a lot different back then, Hector, man. Like, these, these great boxers, even the great ones had wins and losses, like, and they fought, like, seven, I, heard, I think I heard one of them was, like, 13 times these dudes had a match, 13 times. Though. Hey, I you love it. <laughs> so let me ask you this, B, before you go on further. You said about seventy-two fights. You mean seventy-two fights amongst these eight men? Yeah. So like you know, between the eight of them, yeah, uh, it was a total. It was like seventy-two fights. So like you know, wow. like Frankie said, um, I think it was Herbert, Herbert Hardwick, and um, and Bert Little fought each other like thirteen times or something like that. Damn, man. <laughs> yeah, they man, say... I love you know, that. <laughs> nobody else will fight them. <laughs> yeah, right? 
yeah, they end up fighting each other like a whole bunch of times, you know. Uh, they also, I think he also fought Charlie Burley a bunch of times. He fought, um, I gotta look up the names now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I got the names in front of me. I got the names in front of me because as soon yeah, as you yeah. said, there was one named Little, right? There's a guy in there named Little, right? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Uh, Bert so, Little. Let me, yeah. let me just go ahead and, and, and say that these guys in their time, some of these guys in their time, they were like glitches in the Matrix. You know what I mean? These mm. these guys, and then there, there was like also like uh, I can't remember that other champion name, but like where everybody was living under this kind of like, you know. Uh, slavery kind of thing. There were certain black people. There were certain black boxers that, like, they they were they would come to the city, but I ain't no slave. Like, you know what I mean? And you just could not, you couldn't treat them that way. They they wouldn't allow you to treat them that way. Like, it was almost like a a, a air of confidence that they had with them that, like, people just knew, like, yo, this, this guy this guy can't be like a slave. Like, you know what I mean? And um. There, there was uh, one of the guys there. His name, um, in, in this documentary, his name was Little, something Little, and Bert. I have no idea. I, don't, yeah, Bert, I can't remember why Bert he ended Littell. up in the military. Yeah, huh? Bert Little. Yeah, Bert uh, Bert his Littell. real name is Calvin Coolidge Little. No, uh, he was he, the one that was named after um, uh, the uh, president uh, Calvin Coolidge. Yeah, the president, right? Yeah. So, so that that dude, I don't know how he ended up in the military, but he, he ended up going to the military, and I guess it really wasn't for him. This guy ended up spending most of his time in the military, in the hole for like being like kind of rebellious, like you know what I mean. He didn't like really listen to the orders. He used to take off with the truck, like so he used to end up in the <laughs> hole, and he ended up he ended up serving like his whole time there, and that's where he also learned the box was in the in the um when he was like in jail and stuff for the military. Mm-hmm. And um, like they did him so dirty. Like by the time he finished, he he ended up doing this whole thing in the military. But they then they did like dishonorably discharged him, so he can't get like any of the money or, or um or anything like that. So um, yeah, he so he didn't have a funeral plot. He didn't have a pension. So he didn't have a pension or a funeral plot. You know things that they used to offer to soldiers in the military. Uh, like Frankie said, that he spent a whole lot of time in the brig because <laughs> he was just like insubordinate. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> he was still the truck, profanity. Um, I don't know. There was a list of stuff, that <laughs> but it basically yeah. boiled down to insubordination. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. after his now, contract was up, they let him go. Dishonorable was discharged. <laughs> so now boxing is a lot more refined now than it used to be back in the day, but there used to be a lot of bribery and stuff going on. So what used to really end up happening with these fighters here, um, a lot of these fighters on this Black Murderers Road um, list, is that, you know, people will come to them and, and want them to take a, a dive or a bribe for, um, for a fight. And these dudes, wouldn't, they wouldn't accept the bribe. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you no, know, I'm you put them in the ring with me, I'm putting them down. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yep. So um, then they started, those fighters started going, like, avoided. And you hear stories about, like, the great Sugar Ray Robinson in there um, being one of the people avoiding some of these fighters. Jake LaMotta avoiding some of these fighters. Like, uh, they talked about um, uh, Archie Moore fighting some of these guys. Mark, Archie Moore, I, I think it might have been little. I can't remember if it was um, Littell, too. Archie Moore fought one of these guys who was, who was like, 
um, significantly like, le- like lower than him in weight. No, it wasn't Archie Moore. It was some other guys. Some other, some other heavy, heavyweight guy fought one of these guys that was like a welterweight and then end up getting knocked out. Right? It, uh, yeah, he up, when he woke up, he was like, that little, he said, that little son of a gun, he, he hit me with a left hook and the next thing I know, I woke up in the hospital. Yo, those guys were real, um, those guys were real um, different about fighting and stuff too and being, they were real honest. When they talk, like if when they fall when they fall against a fighter and stuff like that, it wasn't like a, a bunch of like uh, uh, I Sound don't know, like a, lot, a lot of just back and forth nonsense <laughs> that be going on now, man. Right. Yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking at the list, bro, and I'm seeing Char- Charlie Burley looks like he earned his way to the top of this list of the most yeah, feared yeah. fighters. Charlie Dude, Burley, he's the one who fought a heavyweight. Yeah, oh, okay. he fought a guy like seventy pounds uh, heavier. Damn. Yeah, he fought a guy like 70 pounds heavier. And Dude, the guy was lot. like, that little son of a gun hit me with a hook and I woke up in the dressing room. <laughs> Yo, Char- Charlie Burley had an 83, 12, and 2 with 50 KO record. That, that That's a lot. That, that's Damn, crazy. Man. That is crazy. Man. And he, he middle, uh, welterweight, middleweight, light heavy. So yeah, dude. That's that's cool, man. Cause like this list, I'm looking at a little bit on all these guys, and yeah, you guys, as you guys had said it, it says it in in this little list I pulled up. A lot of the champions of their day avoided them, and and yeah. obviously for damn good reason because like Sugar Ray Robinson, you know, yeah, he you said got I'm, this... too, I'm too pretty to be fighting Charlie Burley. <laughs> <laughs> I'm too pretty to fight him. <laughs> oh man, that's that's crazy. That's. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, he said that junk straight up too to a reporter. That's what he said. I'm too pretty if you fire Charlie Burley, man. <laughs> so yeah, if you guys get a chance, man, yo, check that one out, man. It was it, it was really interesting. It was um exciting to watch. Yo, know, and this yo, like imagine black history, right? There's so many things that went down that that went unspoken. Like, so when black history come up, like one of the things I actually did enjoy was that, yo, like when we were in school, they used to make us go, they used to make us pick a person and go research them. You know what I'm saying? And like going and finding this boxing documentary reminded me of that. It felt like I just went and did some research on Black History Month or something. And, and you know, dove into something and found something exciting. So, yeah, if you guys get a chance, man, Champ, Champ Side, Black Murderers Road, really good documentary, man. I, I really enjoyed it. He put it together really well. Funny guy, man. Yeah, Don't a lot of these guys, yeah. Oh, yeah. They, have, um, they have interesting stories. Like, you know, if you just watch the documentary and he gives you some of their background, like their upbringing and everything, like a lot of these guys, they can make movies based off of these characters. Actually, one of them, um, if you've ever seen the movie Fences with Denzel Washington or the play that, that the movie was based off of, one of those fighters... Uh, was the inspiration for the main character um, because, you know, the playwright was neighbors with the fighter. Um, and I believe it was Philadelphia, right? I believe it was Philadelphia. I'm going to have to, you know, check it again. But, um, okay. yeah, um, and he said about that fighter, like, that was the first example of a man that he knew, like, you know, growing yeah. up. Yeah, okay. and um, yeah, it was really cool. Like, uh, you know, he ended up like, 
you know, after his boxing career was over, he was, you know, he was like a garbage man. Um, hmm. So, you Jeez. know, I guess after his retirement, you know, he didn't have like a whole lot of money left or anything like that. And he was like, you know, he was working in waste management until he retired from that. Um, so like, you know, and he, <laughs> he said like when he went to go, you know, um, when he went, went and visited their house, like he would like rub his knuckle on their head or whatever, and it would hurt. But <laughs> you can't say nothing about it, <laughs> right? Like, uh, right. Like, it was pretty. It was pretty cool, you know. Yeah, uh, that little child, that little child dude, ended up killing somebody in the ring, man. I think there was two boxes on there that end up killing off. Wow, we didn't get. I didn't get all the way through the documentary, but I heard about two stories. Latell, the the Latell dude, he they said he was really good, but after he ended up killing that dude, he started like pulling his punches. Like in fights, like he would he would rock somebody, but then he wouldn't like he wouldn't go in for the kill kind of thing, like. So. Damn, yeah, that's that, that'd be something heavy to live with, man. You know, you do this as a profession, you do this as as a means to prove yourself and find a place for the, yourself in this world. But I, I, I hardly, I, I doubt that they hardly ever go in there really looking for blood to 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 kill someone. I don't, I don't imagine that that's you go in with that mind frame to really put someone down like that. Yeah, you want to knock them out. And, and sees them from fighting, but not not in that regard, you know. So yeah, oof. yeah, man. Yeah, I'm I'm just kind of browsing through the list, man, and um, yeah, I'm curious, bro. Like this, there's one guy, um, the Coco Kid, like the or the Coca-Cola Kid, I think is what they call him. Um, dude, dude had a 178 win record. Like, holy yeah. shit! You <laughs> know, like this be fighting like once a week, bro. Dude. <laughs> oh yeah. Back then, yeah, guys were fighting like every other week. How do you look at it now? You shit, they they schedule the fight now, we'll see you this time next year. You know what I mean? Like nowadays guys only fight like, you know, two, three times a year, max. Yeah. Yeah. So it's definitely different now. Mm. Yeah, Coco Kid, he he had a, a crazy record too. Like I don't know, seventy something wins. Like fifty nine losses or something like that, yep. right? And eleven yeah, draws. 50, yeah, one hundred and seventy eight, fifty eight losses, eleven draws with forty eight KOs. Um, no, yeah, the Coco, Coco, Coco yeah. Yeah. man. That that sounds like a that sounds like a name that shouldn't have been around in that era, man. That name stood out to me when I seen it, Coco Kid. Like it stood out to me too. Like, like <laughs> apparently, his mom. It looked like his mom was Puerto Rican, and then his dad um, was African American. But he's, I yeah, guess, he was the only was one. In the Navy. Yeah. And, uh, he was on a he was on a ship that disappeared in the Bermuda Triangle. Yeah, yeah, yep. I saw that on here too. Yeah, that's that's wild, man. Yeah, these some some interesting looking stories here. Like just seeing the records, seeing these guys, and then what you know what the, um this article is like trying to paint them, um with their little backstory, man. It yeah, it looks like something worth watching, bro. For real. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely up on. We creeping up on that one hour mark, real quick, bro. We got like oh, nine wow. minutes left, man. Yeah, we did. <laughs> I don't, like I don't know how that happens, bro. <laughs> yeah, man. I was actually hoping we give that will a spin today, honestly, man. I don't know how we we got carried away with one of these conversations, man. Oof. I mean, we we could still spin the wheel. I'm, I'm not against it, man. We go for five, ten minutes, you know. It ain't gonna hurt nobody, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we'll do ahead, that, man. Let's, do, let's see what we get, man. Let's spin that wheel. Let me, let me. You still got time to show us at the end of it? 
Oh, I do. I do. Yeah. So we got a few topics in here, man. So I'm, I'm going to just get right to it. I'm going to just go ahead and, and click and spin and let's, let's, uh, let's see what's up. Let's see what happens. Oh, you brought this one up a little while back, though. Oh, okay. the fear of harm and as we age, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk nope. about it, bro. The fear of harm as we age. Mm. So what, you mean just like getting hurt physically? Yeah, getting hurt as we get older. Yeah, like are you <laughs> like you, you? You know what? I, I'm gonna go ahead. Let me see. I, I think I can start off with like, I right, one of the fear, one of the fears of harm as we age, like. One one thing I remember is like when in like maybe like mid twenties or so like that um something like that like a time where I like I took a I took a break from the basketball court I don't know how long bro but it was years bro. right and like getting back on the court the thought used to be like yo I can't go hard because I got work tomorrow like you know what I mean mm-hmm. like uh so I mean that was all that automatically like became like a fear of mine, like, I don't want to get hurt and, I, you know, not be able to go, you know, walk into work kind of thing. Um, but other than that, yo, bro, honestly, man, healing is not the same, bro, mid-30s, man. Healing is not the same nah, yeah, mid-30s. Like, when, <laughs> when I was, like, fresh in my 20s, yo, bro, I used to go to the gym. I used to, like, I don't know, bro, I used to hurt something, sprain something, go to sleep, wake up, bro, and, and back at it again. Like, I used to feel like nothing. You know what I mean? Now nowadays, like bro, something happened. I'll be down for like three days, man. Yeah, at least <laughs> be down for like three days, man. Yeah, so yeah. the healing process definitely takes a lot longer now. You know, yeah. when we when you're in like your early twenties, like you know, in a way, you you kind of feel like you're invincible. Like, yeah, sure, you you could get hurt, but no, it's like Frankie said, you you'd probably be down for like a night or something. You know, yeah. shake it off. <laughs> whatever <laughs> but now i don't even want to get a, 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 a paper cut on my finger it's gonna take days no. to heal. <laughs> for real oh man and we i do feel like yo yeah as we age we're a little bit more sensitive to that because you know your 20s oh okay i'm i'm, I'm going back it's paper cut ain't nothing when you're your 30s shit i'm using my hand for everything and now i can't use this hey you, you start yeah. to coddle yourself in a way man feel some hot water touch your finger like oh, shit I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know yep. what, man? I, I tell you, every winter, bro, every winter, and it was crazy. In my 20s, I thought, I, I don't think I felt this at all. I didn't feel anything at all. Like, I never really, I can't say I was ever a huge fan of winter. Like, when we were kids, I used to like playing in the snow, but I, I, the older I got, the more, the less I like it. I, yep. I, you know, I get more, like, I don't know, polar bears. Just want to stay in the house, like, you know, um, grizzly bears, should I say. Want to stay in the house one more time, but now, like since I've hit like thirty, I feel like every winter comes, I can feel like a slowdown in me. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. Like just like yo, bro, I ain't gonna be able to jump as high as I did last summer, kind of thing. Like you know what I mean? And I honestly feel like I'm starting to feel like it has a lot more to do with inactivity actually than like getting getting older though, right? Because um. Yo, again, getting older, it's like a lot more snap, crackle, pop going on, right? If you just move your arm, like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but 
I'm realizing like when I get back, when I'm when I'm getting active and I'm staying active and I'm moving and stuff like that, you don't hear the pops as much. You know what I mean? It's like right. it's it's a um moving movement, stretching, doing a little bit of yoga. All of these are like a form of like uh, lubricating your ball joints. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yo, nothing in this world is like, in a sense, almost ain't, ain't nothing new. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, you got we got cars right now that are you know meant to get us around. But before cars for mobility, we had our bodies. You get what I'm saying? You know what I mean? In order to operate a car, there's certain motors and stuff that that needs to to go into a car. To order in order to, for us to operate, there's certain parts that goes into us for for to move. So to me, in a sense, a car is almost modeled after the human body, right? But with cars, there's wear and tear. Just because your car starts to squeak a little bit when you turn, don't mean you don't have a good car. But it do means you need to start doing your oil changes a little more, re lubricating them ball them ball joints. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't mean you it doesn't mean you're you you're no longer no good, don't mean you don't have your strength um no more, but you do need to stay active and get them ball yo, get them get them muscles moving, you know what I mean? If you don't I I know this is something I've been saying a lot lately too, but if you don't use it, you lose it. That's true. If you don't use it, you lose it, bro. There's some there is some there's a lot of like genetic freaks out there right now, bro. I watch a lot of MMA, right? Mm. They got the this dude, um, uh, what's his name? What's his name? Uh, Yoel, Yoel something. He's like Romero? forty-seven, years. huh? Romero. Yeah, yo, yeah, like Romero. He's like forty-seven years old, bro. Still fighting, look like a beast. There's, there's this other, there's this other dude, this African, big African dude. I believe he's over forty-two. He, this dude, be, yo, he big like a bodybuilder. He could, he could do splits like a, uh, like freaking a uh, uh, John Clive Van Damme, like you know what I'm saying. <laughs> and, I know, I know it has to, and, you know, of course, I watch a lot of, like, I tell you guys all the time, I watch a lot of the calisthenics and, the, like, the guys, these people that are, like, 70 years old, 60, 80, and they're still doing calisthenics, doing all the all the static holes I haven't even all picked up yet. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. these these things are, like, I mean, I see a lot of us uh, are kind of, kind of, even in our 30s, mid-30s, some of us seem a little more run down than others. Like, you know what I'm saying? A little more, like, inactive. But I don't, you know, I don't think it's too late. I don't think your 30s is too late. I don't, I honestly, I, I, you know, I watch videos of um, people in their 50s getting started, you know, 59. And, you know, he's doing ninja moves and stuff like that, this, this um, guy I've seen. So I don't think, you know, it's not too late to, to start getting back active, to start getting, um, to start moving you know what I'm saying, but yo, it, it's definitely it's a lot more fear that comes along with with like you know getting heart hurting your your thirties, man. But yo, I'm pretty sure if if you kept up, if you kept up, if you kept moving, if your body was always prepared, you never let your body go to sleep. Your body probably still be healing like it was in your twenties. You know what I'm saying? That's how I feel. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I uh. You know, being being in my age, I'm 36, man, and I'm coaching, and you know, going out there to coach and run around. Oh, which, by the way, I uh, I might have touched on this with you, Frank, but I didn't tell you, Brian. Like, I uh, we today was our last game for volleyball for my son's league, um, and it was it was the best game, man. We had such a great time, dude. It was so good, um, and you know, I'm out there running around with them, hitting the ball, kind of doing all that too, and 
I could feel my heartbeat a little bit more than normal. And I'm thinking, you know, this is a good feeling, man. Cause like, it, it reminds me I'm alive. I'm not, I'm not dead yet. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I'm signing my son up. I moved him up a division. So he's going to be playing in a high school league. Um, you know, a few months earlier than he's supposed to be, which, which will be competitive, but I'm going to be the lucky one coaching him. So yeah, I, yeah. Uh, I signed up for that and I'll be teaching him and um, some nine through 12th graders some more getting them you know a little bit more prepared too um and i'm really looking forward to that because yeah yo i i do have a fear of of harm um as i age but at the same time like that's not going to be enough fear to make me stop entirely you know and i look at my girlfriend kate yell for a lot of inspiration because she's in her 30s and she's ice skating i mean i mean like on the ice picking her foot off the ground and balancing on one skate and like Yo, one spill from that, you're breaking something. You know what I'm saying? That shit is yeah. intimidating, man. But she gets out there, she does it, and I get to go watch her do that. It's, it's so cool, man. So, like, the fear of harm, yeah, it exists, man. But, I mean, I guess it's as heavy as you allow it to be, you know? Um, yeah. Obviously, yeah. you got to be mindful of your body and know what you can and can't do, but only you can feel that. And, like, my dad, yo, this man is in his 50s, and just last year, he was part of a Taekwondo Masters tournament. Like, Yo, you keep you keep yourself healthy, you'd be good for a long time, man. Like you said, Frank, yo, the ball the the you gotta you gotta keep yourself lubricated. The ball joints gotta be lubricated. So you keep yourself active, you keep your good intake going with food, water, like you'll be all right. But like you start slowing down, you're gonna start slowing down. <laughs> like that's that's gonna happen. Yes, I'm more um I'm more afraid of like accidental harm right <laughs> because mm. like you know I, I still like work out regularly and stuff i go to the gym i lift heavy you know uh, i even do like the high intensity you know interval training so like those hit workouts be kicking my ass sometimes like yeah, you know, i feel yeah. it in my knees and, and and my other joints but like you know i guess since i expect it it's fine you know I, I i know i can recover from it no problem i actually enjoy the soreness a little bit because it's like they say you know no pain no gain right right, <laughs> I mean, right. but it's yeah. that like unexpected pain fucking <laughs> <I'm like, laughs> <laughs> sneezing yeah. and your whole shit's locked up oh, like, yeah <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> man. oh man <laughs> yo yeah dude I feel like, yo, fear, you know, we talked about this a little bit, but fear, uh, ha having a healthy fear of something is a good thing. Um, you know, and as we age, yeah, you want to be a little bit more cautious. You know, you want to be a little bit more mindful. So I feel like that fear is a healthy thing to respect um, when it comes to being harmed at an older age, because it does take a little longer for the recovery. But, you know, as you're not jumping out of airplanes and waiting until you're in 500 feet to pull the parachute. <laughs> you're, I think you'll be okay. You know, like yeah. don't live life on the edge. You you should be all right, man. And, and again, we all know our bodies better than anyone, you know? So like, I know men in their sixties that, that go snowboarding and, and skiing. Like, I don't know that I'll ever do that, but like, that's cool for someone that can do that kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? So like, yeah, yeah it just, it just, it comes with the territory, man. We, we got these bodies of ours and, Oh, like we were talking about being kids, man. You, you, you teach them right. Well, you teach your body right. You train your body right. You'll be you'll be better suited for a longer period. I was trying to say the opposite, bro. Man. Don't don't slow down. Don't, don't slow down because you get older, man. Don't worry no, about. All right. Take, take your do. I'm yo no. 
work out. You don't have to be a bodybuilder. You know what I'm saying? Feel the, yep. just, Moderation. But that little that little bit of pain is gonna get you to be a better version of you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You ain't gotta be you ain't gotta be uh Arnold Schwarzenegger. You ain't gotta be, you know, no huge bodybuilder, but yo, do a little bit. Take and embrace the pain a little bit. Like mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Because by being consistent, you're yo, Hector, we probably fear pain because we slow down. Bro, I used to be out on the basketball court every day. Right. You know what I'm saying? Now, then I, I leave off the court for freaking eight years, and now I want to go back out on the court. Like, yeah, I'm afraid to get hurt. You know what I'm saying? Take a hard foul. You might be <laughs> you might be out for another yeah. eight years. <laughs> man, I play too rough, man. Oh, man. <laughs> That's good. That's true. That's true. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Frank. Don't have the fear for it, but respect it. Respect, respect it. Respect like, it for sure. Yeah, man. But yeah, don't don't let it stop you. Don't let it be the thing to stop you, man. Hell no. Keep going, man. There's you know what? Like, you want to play basketball at an older age? Yo, there's older age leagues that you could play in with dudes the same age as you, with the same mileage as you. And you know what I'm saying? It'll be fair game kind of shit if that's your concern. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like but don't let it stop you, man. Don't ever do that. Cause I just saw, like I said, I'm a kid at heart, man. <laughs> I'll, I'll play at the playground. I saw a clip Shit. of an old man playing playing basketball with his grandson and his friends. <laughs> he pulled an and one move on them. <laughs> uh, threw it up in the rim, it is. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, I used to love watching and one. Uh, he put the he put the ball on the floor. And pretend like he threw up a layup, so his grandson like jumped to block it, Went up. and then he picked up the ball and threw up the layup. I'm like, oh, got him. <laughs> Sheesh. Yeah, he, he got played out by his grandpa. It was, it was so was funny, good, man. <laughs> I love that. So, I I'm, I'm moving into the mid journey because we definitely getting close to that point. But um, all the conversation we had, man, I made a, I made a prompt on the fly, y'all. I made something on the fly, man, and I um I'm really happy with the way it turned out. Um, I could have tweaked it a little bit more, but it, I feel like it's suiting, man. So, um, you know, we talked a lot about um, being kids and taking the time, and we talked about getting older and 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 still trying not to be fearful of you know what time has done to us. And so, I wanted to show something with an hourglass, kind of. I'm talking about time, but this is a really cool abstract piece here, man, because as yeah, you see, you I like got... The way, I like, like the way the road go all the way up there, man. That's kind of dope. Yeah, you got this globe. You got this, like, it looks like some civilization. You got all sorts of shit going up on there. The sand's pouring down, but at the bottom is the child. It looks like a child down there to me, which, yo, like, yeah, the, just because we get older don't mean we got to lose sight of, you know, our inner youth and our that that vigor we have within you know what i'm saying and that, that charismatic personality that that go get it attitude just because time passes don't mean we have to lose that and and this is a really cool um depiction of that man as time progresses man we we still get to be children at the end of it all you know when the sand comes down the glass yeah so yeah i feel like i feel like this is a good pretty good mid-journey rendition of the conversation man i'm happy with that <laughs> So, hey, yeah, about man. to go ahead and close this out, bro. I do that, man. Yeah, that hour went quick, man. We was worried about it at first, but I knew yeah, I knew bro. it was gonna fly, man. <laughs> <laughs>
I knew Robert it was going to fly. Be up, bro. We just be right? picking it up sometimes. Now we don't even want it to end. <laughs> oh, man. Well, yeah, fellas, always, always good conversation, bro. And I'm definitely going to check out the Black Murderers Row, man. That, that looked like at least, at the very minimum, eight pretty cool stories to kind of understand. And, you know, and, and again, attaching that to the Black history, man, you know, um, this episode will probably release already when it's not uh february but you know we're, we close it out in a good way man and i feel like yo uh, um we we kind of did our part you know kind of bringing some some black history love in here um and american history too again we talked about that black history being american history so i feel like we all kind of got a piece of that so it just felt cool man all the conversations this month leading to that yeah and um yeah, I look forward to next week, though. So with that said, for all y'all that came through and let us borrow some time, we'll see you next week on PC of oh, Mind. Much love, y'all. Much love.